21st of January 2017, you're listening to the Aaron Meta Show on Player FM, Stitcher, iTunes, and uh, also various other places you can listen to podcasts as well. Uh, I'm joined uh, this evening by Josh. Hello. Uh, Ajaya. Hey. And Patricia from the Old School Lane podcast. Hello there. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well, thank you. Very good. Um, yeah, so uh, we're here to distract you from uh, pretty much the bad week we've uh, pretty much all had. Pretty much, I don't know about anybody else, but uh, I've had a bit of ups and downs uh, pretty much on a personal and uh, professional level. So uh, I think uh, so. the idea of this show is basically just to kind of uh, chill out a little bit. And, uh, you know, I know some people are going to be asking me, like, uh, you know, they want me to uh, talk about what's uh, going on in the political world right now. That's going to be next week's show, I, I'll promise you. And uh, also, uh, I'm going to be doing, like, my own um, solo show as well because... Uh, I noticed that uh, sometimes we like have an hour to like do one thing and then like we have an hour to do uh, something else. So uh, I just thought, well, if we've got some much time left to uh, kind of like uh, put extra content on, then we might as well just uh, just do that. So uh, anyway, but uh, we're gonna we've got a show pretty much packed for you today. So uh, I think we'll just uh, get straight into it. So uh, uh, guys, how about I give you a uh, seven kids TV show fan theories that will totally ruin your childhood? Oh boy! Oh no! We're starting hard and heavy, That's... aren't we? <laughs> oh, I'm. <laughs> I've actually, you know, I I hope it's like uh, I hope it's not too serious, but <laughs> <laughs> it's. I think it's. I think my childhood has already been ruined over the past few years when, when I've watched these shows. Uh, come as on, an we're, adult. We're all adults here. I'm sure we can. I'm sure we can bear. Our souls can bear it. We hope. Yeah, just just don't tell our kids. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so um, that is if our, that is if these kids even know about the shows that we'll be talking about. Yeah, that's exactly. a that's a good point yeah. because some of the stuff that's listed here, I think I don't know if it's going to be out of the reach of some of us here, or if it's uh, even if uh, we kind of understand what's going on. So uh, let's just um, go with it. Um, so uh, is everyone familiar with Postman Pat? No. Mm. No, no one familiar no. with the show. Okay, then. Um, well, this will probably be the first one. Probably, I'll probably need to, uh, oh, by the way, Harry's, unfortunately, I don't know where he is. Uh, he's. Um, uh, he said he was going to be on the show this week, and uh, I think something's cropped up, so uh, no doubt I'll we'll be hearing from him uh, pretty soon uh, later on, So, uh, but we'll continue on. Anyway, so uh, Postman Pat, for those of you who don't know, it's uh, it was a show by Cos- Cosgrove Hall that was about a uh, postman about a postman called Pat and uh, his uh, black and white cat. And uh, yeah, you can uh, tell that was the the rhyme of the intro, uh, pretty much. And um, it was about him delivering letters, uh, getting uh, getting into all sorts of uh, uh, adventures and uh, things like that. As much as you can have adventures in a small little town in a little village uh, that uh, you get into. So it's uh, been going on for quite a while, and uh, this is the first one. Um, <coughs> Uh, the conspiracy theorists believe that uh, Postman Pat fathered all of the kids in the town. What? <laughs> wow! That's gotta wow. be about like thousands of kids. <laughs> I know, and so he's he's. Uh, but apparently, the reason they believe this is because in the new version, um, the um, all the kids are redheaded in the, the same way that uh, Postman Pat is, and uh, they think he has. They all have the same hair. So uh, apparently, which <laughs> okay. Um, that's kind of creepy to think of when you think about it because how does uh it's like i don't know it's like a mormon or something <laughs> i don't know i don't know it's, or, it's like because uh you know i'm sure we've known more people who have red hair who have not been related well yeah of course there's plenty yeah it's like the equivalent of saying like uh molly ringwald and care and uh carol burnett are related hmm mm. oh. 
It was like yeah. saying, uh, you know, uh, you know, Snooki and uh, Kim Kardashian are related because you know of low IQ, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> For, oh God! <laughs> yeah, and how I they contribute nothing to society at all. No, because I don't like reality television. But uh, um, yeah, it's just it's uh, yeah, it's quite a really strange, um, cons- you know, theory to kind of go on. And I don't think it holds any water, in my opinion. I think if we did like who, who, uh, dra- I'm sure if Movie Provich walked into the village, I'm sure he'd be able to uh, sort this all out. So uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be no problem there. Or Jeremy Carl, if you're here in this in this country. Um, okay, so, um, it's, um, yeah, we'll just skip that one because, you know, we don't, we don't all know the show, but, uh, um, the second one is Hey Arnold related. Oh boy. And, uh, okay, that's gonna... gracious. This, oh, man, this one says that, uh, this theory is that, uh, Hey Arnold is actually about Helga and her depressing life. Which I believe is sort of true because if you think yeah. about it, the uh, you know you keep in mind, and uh, I know I'm I'm, I'm sounding like a broken record by saying this, but uh, Arnold is the center. He's the Buddha with the craziness going on around him. So of course Helga is you know being one of the main uh, you know main characters of the show. You know she's going to be one of the motivators of the storylines, and so you know of course it would probably be about her depressing life. So um, yeah. yeah, it's. It's all depressing, you know. Unrequited love, an alcoholic mom, a workaholic dad, a uh, seemingly perfect sister that cries a lot. It's yeah, it's it's pretty depressing on her on her side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's like, would we say that? Um, you know, would we go? I mean, obviously, we would go as far as saying that this is about Helga in a way. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I think yeah. that's because you know, there's been so many. There's been a chance for so many episodes to be dedicated to her life. I think that's uh, what uh, kind of drives it, and the fact that you know the fa- you know the fans made the decision that Helga was going to be, you know, a big deal in this show. So. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the theory that um, the whole concept of Rugrats was just an Angelica imagining in her mind because she was lonely and she was just overcompensating that the babies were actually talking in her imagination. Hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I th- I remember that's a strange that one. one. Yeah, I, and I also thought there was good. I thought they were going to make a fan theory about like Arnold's uh, having a you know football and imagining his friends having some kind of oddly shaped head because he's the only one with an oddly shaped head and I'm like I don't want to get through the rest of it it's really disturbing when I think about that theory right there but I was it's like it's a okay. creepy pasta though the whole point of those theories are to be disturbing yeah, yeah I mean we yeah. can also argue about like you know if Gerald kind of has the same hair as Marge Simpson then maybe we can put the Simpsons and the Hey Arnold in the same universe too late Simpsons did it I don't know because ah! just... <laughs> <laughs> it's like <clears throat> I mean with uh, with I don't, with creepy pastas now it's like it doesn't that make things less believable I guess because you know it's like creepy pastas are you know because they're so supposed to be uh, so intentionally creepy. It's like uh, you know, yes, it's uh, it kind of takes away some of the. We forget Mr. Arun about the infamous Pigeon Man creepypasta incident. Oh yeah, mm. let's uh, well let's forget about that. I think the more we erase that from our uh, you know, um, you know sensory, I think the better. But uh, I mean, yeah, because um, oh yeah, and also with uh, that that Pigeon Man as well. But uh, um, it's just because um, you know the creepypastas now they're just supposed to be creepy and like, but unfortunately that kind of takes away their sense of believability. And uh, I think uh, now I think you know if you look at a th- if you ask me about a theory, it's like at least you know at least make it somewhat believable, I guess. It's just mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's just I think it just makes it I don't know. Creepy bosses are just supposed to sound. They're just supposed to mess up your mind in some way. 
Yeah. It, just to make it all look so real. But, of course, you find out it's written by some anonymous author that just likes to scare people. <laughs> okay, the next theory is about the Smurfs. Um, and this one is, uh, well, quite um, terrifying. Uh, apparently the Smurfs are white supremacists. How? They're all blue. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping someone was going to point that out. Um, so, well, uh, according to this blue supremacist, they say, uh, the theory goes that the lovable Smurfs are actually ra racist Nazi-like faction due to their uh, pointed white hats go with it, and uh, the fact that their leader wears a pointed red hat, which is very similar to the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, but the fact, and the one thing I would challenge on that is that uh, you know the Smurfs aren't weren't made in America; they were a European uh, product for their time. And so, I mean, I don't think, um, I mean, obviously, people people would have known about the KKK, but I don't think that's what they were going for. I think mm -hmm. when they were coming for the Smurfs, so uh, I don't think that you know the hoods they're not intentional. They're just they're just made to make them look cute. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like it, if you're like a, a goblin or a gnome, in which they're known for having those kind of hats. Yeah, so like they I also mean, they're not depicted racist. They wear pants and trousers as well. It's like you know, what do all people who wear pants and trousers now class be classed as racist? It's like you know, it's uh, yeah, yeah, and whatever. And yeah, and then they just uh, they accept a uh, female smurf in society, even though they've never seen females. So. <laughs> Uh, I mean, to be fair, a... the the female Smurf, I mean, you know, Smurfette to be more specific, she was yeah. a creation from Gargamel. Yeah, yeah true. To, uh... And still, they accepted her anyway, so... That is mm. true, I guess, because yeah. since they're a male-centric um, civilization, and then they see a female, it's like... When she, when I remember in the, in the show, when Smurfette was first introduced, everybody was, like, eyeing her. Hmm. Just attracted to her somehow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then later on in the series, uh, they introduced like a grandma Smurf, and then they had the Smurflings. Yeah, the Smurfs are weird. Let's just let's just put it at that. I mean, I don't I yeah. don't actually understand how their society like works. It's just like you know, it's just like oh, it's like a magic. They're little magical blue beings, and uh, we just have to accept that, and which child oh. happily will do in in childhood. And uh, but the big problem with the Smurfs is, I think, if when you think about it a bit too hard, it starts to, uh, yeah, it starts to make start to make less sense about what they actually, you know, are. And uh, yeah, I guess the reason hmm. why um, the whole white supremacy thing came up was because I think I recall in the comics that there were a type of black Smurfs that were bitten by gnats. And they had to change it to purple because when it was brought into the States, it was considered racist. It's a similar thing to Pokemon in which when Jinx was first created, she was depicted as black. And then um, some African-American woman, when she first saw her, is like, oh, that's depicting as nothing uh, more than a racist, racist stereotype. And then, uh, then they changed the color to purple. So, I mean, I guess it depends on how people see it. But it, to me, it's I just see it, uh, the, the Smurfs as something completely harmless. Yeah. It's not just that. I think it was the fact that it came off the uh, the Censored Eleven as well. You know, it's like, you know, even in animation, you know, even when it was unintentional, even, you know, this stuff that, you know, that we're talking about is unintentional. But I think it also comes off the back of the fact that there was also, like, really, you know, uncomfortably intentional animation out there that was made to make African-Americans look, you know, incredibly stupid. Like, they, you know, they always gamble and, like, they always eat watermelon and they always, you know, all these awful stereotypes that they go for. And I think uh, I think that also contributed a bit to, uh, you know, the kind of uh, uh, political correctness, I think, that goes in within cartoons, you know, in regards to, uh, you know, racial, you know, uh, sensitivities. So, uh, 
Yeah. Um, shall we move on to the next one? Um, this is uh, about uh, Disney's Donald Duck. And um, this one states that uh, apparently he's suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. That I could, I think I can agree to that a little bit. To some, he's he kind of freaks out about a lot of things to an extent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I don't know. Six, I, I'm really want to be careful here because you know it's like I know there's like people who like are in the military who listen to this show, and uh, I know there's like people who yeah. uh, have you know you know including most of us you know that have uh, you know the difficulties with uh, uh, with mental health. But I think uh, you know. Uh, I guess, you know, with Donald Duck, you know, he's a cartoon character, so I think, you know, of course he's going to uh, act in particularly, you know, this this way. Right. And we've had Daffy Duck, you know, who has acted like this as well. You know, it's like, you know, no one's you know, says that he has some kind of uh, mental deficiency, but, uh, I mean, some people will, I don't know. But, uh, I mean, um, I don't know. Is this, could, this comes from the theory of the Journal of uh, Cartoon Overanalyzations. Well, that's, uh, that's a good way to start, uh, which uh, diagnosed Donald Duck with Donald Duck with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder (PTSD) uh, because often because of his erratic behaviour. Uh, this arises from the experiences as a paratrooper in World War Two. I thought he was a sailor. It's like uh, looks, it looks like it, but okay. When you, I, I don't know, but like when you when you said like uh, you know when you said Donald Duck, I almost thought you were going to say Donald Trump for some reason. But um, well, oh god, uh, they their faces are like they can get. Pretty red. I, I'm just like <laughs> I don't know. Josh, you but, know, no, um, well, uh, um, Donald Duck is gonna make Disney great again, and he's gonna drain the. He's yeah, gonna, I hope so. He's gonna drain the <laughs> pond, and he's gonna uh, <clears throat> he's gonna lock up Daisy as well. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, but moving on. Um, this, um, but here's the thing. He says he's a paratrooper in World War Two. I really thought I thought he was in the, you know in, in Ducktales he was in the Navy. So, like, you know, if you remember in the first episode, he was being shipped out for, uh, you know, to be in the Navy. So, <clears throat> I don't know why they would say he was a paratrooper in World War Two, but, you know, whatever. Um, should, we move on? should we move on to the next one? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, sure. This one's the Power Rangers. And uh, apparently, according to this, uh, the Power Rangers are child soldiers be- uh, fighting against their will. Hmm. Wow. They, they look too. They look no. too tall to be children. Um, Although I actually, I you know, I saw this one. You know, I was just a child back then. I was like seven or eight. But there was this one uh, Power Ranger series where a kid was actually a Power Ranger, and he kind of grew like uh, two sizes when he was turned into his transforming in his Power Rangers costume or something. And it was like tall, like he was just taller than his average size at that point. But he wasn't fighting against his own will. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I have a hard enough time believing that these are teenagers, you know, let alone, you know, being being children. So it's like, uh, I mean, anyway, they say that back in the 1980s, child soldiers were recruited to battle in Iran and were given plastic keys and were told that they were keys to heaven. Uh, They were then made, (coughs) sorry, they were then made to clear minefields ahead of the adults. Whoa, that is not okay. Wow, I mean, I don't know if that's, I mean, that's what it says here. I don't know if that's true or not. But this kind of stuff uh, sadly still goes on to this to this day around the world. Uh, in the term of the uh, Power Rangers universe, Zordon recruits teenagers to fight uh, to fight in a war between these people and the evil Rita Repulsa. Uh, to do this, he gives them gadgets, uh, bright magic abilities, yada, yada, yada. I think everyone knows Power Rangers. But, um, I mean, they, he didn't force them to stay within his you know, within his domain. If you remember, three of the rangers left to go on that, like, you know, that uh, peace tour or whatever they were going to do, and then they replaced them. 
So it's like it's not like mm-hmm. uh, they were like forced to you know constantly stay there. Yeah, it, it's just I don't I don't think they would be held against their will at all. It's no. just their decision. They fought. They they're fighting for justice. They're fighting for to protect the people around them. So I, I don't see them being forced into battle at all. Yeah. But, Okay, let's get on with the uh, the next one. Um, this one I actually believe. Uh, the Flintstones is set in an apoto- apocalyptic future. Well, it kind of explains the technology that kind of resembles, you know, their everything they uh, invented is made of rocks. So, but it kind of re- resembles some modern technology. So I think that's why I can relate to that yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I believe it because it's like you know, if you look at it, it like they're, they're di- you know they got flying, they're flying on like dinosaur kind of planes, and they're like uh, you know they're like driving you know these cars that you know would be unheard of in like prehistoric times, and some people would just say, oh, it's a cartoon, but uh, I don't know. It's like um, you know, if you, if it does make sense that this will probably take place after the Jetsons, you know, where because obviously you've had the. Uh, you know the the apocalyptic wars or whatever, and uh, you know the Jetsons have had to uh, kind of live up in the sky. And the dinosaurs know, returned from extinction. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And then there was yeah that because book. of all that radiation and the atomic bombs. Apparently, it just seeped into the atmosphere and it brought the dinosaurs back. Yeah. Somehow but, it would make them turn into zombies, maybe, wouldn't that? Yeah, but didn't uh, I mean? Didn't the the didn't the Jetsons like live on Venus? So it's like, you know, so of course they couldn't live on the surface of Venus, so that's the reason why they were up in the air. I don't know why, I, I don't know where I heard that from, but uh, I don't know if that was mm. true or not. That would explain a lot. Yeah, because you can't live on the surface mm. of Venus, you'd have to be uh, suspended at the, very, at the very top, but you know, I don't know. But, uh, I haven't watched Justin since I was a little kid, but so, I, because it just doesn't air on Cartoon Network as much as it should be Yeah. Anymore. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, th- the point of Boomerang was that it was supposed to air like the older shows. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't have Boomerang, so I've been hearing a lot of things about it, and they've been changing the whole um, lineup. So yeah, I, I haven't heard the Jetsons in a while. Yeah, well, the mm-hmm. you know the, the the Sci-Fi Channel was supposed to be about Sci-Fi, and now who knows what it's about? So like, I was like, I was gonna say, where is Boomerang? Uh, where is it? I, I haven't seen it for. I haven't had that channel for a long time. Uh, Boomerang's <laughs> still around. Let me just uh, let me let me let me have a look for it. Uh, Boomerang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it it's, is. It's kind of funny when um, you were bringing up the whole post-apocalyptic future thing on the Flintstones. It kind of makes it sound like it's it's the equivalent of Mad Max for children. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's have a look. The Boomerang TV channel uh, launched uh, in April first. Uh, sorry, sorry, December eighth, uh, nineteen ninety-two. Really? Oh no, it was a programming block then. Uh, yeah, it launched as a television channel in the 2000, and uh, it's currently available in Europe. Um, it's based in California. Um, where's? Oh, formerly called Boomerang from Cartoon Network from 20, 2015, and it's currently on Directv on 298, uh, Dish Network uh, 175, and on C Band uh, 69 and 10. So it is still around. From the looks of it, so uh, you can even go on IPTV, so it's uh, it is around. Um, okay, Ooh. so so uh, the last one, uh, just to wrap this up, is uh, Winnie the Pooh and friends all ha- are all all have psychological disorders. Uh, well, I mean, I remember that they re- they represented psychological disorders in a way, because uh, I mean, uh, they say that uh, Piglet has anxiety, uh, Owl is dyslexic, um, Tigger has a serious cause of ADHD. You know, I think no one can really dispute that. And yeah, uh, yeah it's like, <laughs> Rabbit I, I, has OCD. Mm. I I think, and I I kind of 
remember watch uh, discussing that with Richie Jewell. If you if you remember him, you talked to him. We talked uh, we talked to him about uh, autism last year. Uh, we were t- like he and I were talking about how uh, they all represented some kind of mental disorder or some disability. Yeah, uh, and that's that was surprising. I didn't because they didn't know much about it back then in the '60s where it all started. Mm. So it's um, yeah. I mean, uh, I think. I'd say out of all of them, I think out of, there were seven of in total. I think uh, maybe probably maybe about two, or maybe maybe even three. I think probably I believe all the rest of them. I I don't I don't care. I mean, well, I don't believe at all. So uh, yeah, yeah. That, maybe they don't have it. They're just like I think they're just fun-loving characters that just yeah you know, that like to sometimes like to take pe- take each other off, or they just like to learn everyday lessons here and there. Uh, it's just like I said, they're all just cartoons. So you're gonna think, yeah, there's gonna be some theories around here that are gonna be ridiculous, but hmm. still, you can't blame them at the same time. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's move on to our next segment. Um, for those of you who do not know, uh, Wayne's World, uh, which was the very popular 1992 uh, Saturday Night Live sketch, and then it became a very popular movie, uh, is uh, going to be getting is going to be hitting up to its uh, 25th anniversary, and will be returning to cinemas. Which hmm. uh, yeah, which is pretty cool. So uh, I mean, I've only seen bits of Wayne's World. I wouldn't say I've, like probably sat down and watched it, but uh, I do kind of get the uh, the premise of it that uh, it's basically uh, Mike Myers and uh, Donna Carvey uh, having this um, having like this TV show in like on their in their basement, and then some corporations come in and try and take over the show and get it off them and stuff. And uh, yeah, which uh, is um, you know a really cool, cool kind of concept and has a lot of uh, possibilities for jokes. So uh, I don't know. It's like I mean, has everyone seen Wayne's World? At all? Or? Uh, you know, I saw the recently. I just found out it was like a it started out as an SNL sketch, and I saw like the 40th anniversary anniversary edition with uh, describing uh, some the elements of Saturday Night Live, such as wigs, uh, something like that. Uh, <laughs> and I thought mm, <clears throat> it seems pretty okay, but I guess I should watch like the older sketches because I guess I heard they're you know, the older episodes are much funnier. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen, agrees. I've seen it as well. I, I've, I, I, I used to see the the skits, and I did see the movie a while back. I haven't seen it in a while, and I thought it was a really interesting way of portraying, you know, this kind of quirky '90s portrayal of these, you know, young guys who are doing a show on their basement and. Um, they do. They did a lot of things back then. They did a lot of top tens. They talked about a celebrity. They talked about a particular movie or something like that. And it it basically and the movie was basically just a huge parody of corporations and sponsorships and a whole bunch of things. Which, um, you know, back in the day, that was like something really humorous. I mean, this was during the time in which you know SNL were kind of like starting to pump out a little bit more movies based off of their skits. I mean, we already had um, Coneheads and we had the Blues Brothers, so there were going to be a few more, like it's Pat and and also Night of the Roxy. Uh, not, yeah, Night of the Roxy. And so, uh, yeah, a lot of people seem to recall on Wayne's World. I remember a few years ago at E3, there was this guy who calls himself Mr. Caffeine and he just did a whole bunch of um, bad 90s jokes that pretty much cringed the whole viewers and even did the little Wayne's World um, flashback or transition thing like it's like 
Um, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. I do know of a few movies that did um, air in theaters again when they celebrated anniversary. So that's pretty cool that Wayne's World is doing it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about... I mean, I remember when Back to the Future came uh, back and I think that did reasonably well. So uh, I think one of the things that they're hoping to do is that, you know, when they come with these uh, milestones, these, uh, you know, these 10 years, these 25 years, these uh, 50 years or whatever, I think they're hoping that, uh, you know, by bringing these back to the big screen, they're going to get, uh, you know, they're going to get some money out of it. So I think that's probably one part of uh, probably doing it but I think also the experience of just you know going back and seeing them again I think uh, to uh, you know I don't know like do you think we'll be doing that with any of the do you think we'll be doing that with any films now do you think do you think there'll be like any films that you know will go 25 years down the line and I think uh, oh yeah we'll come back in cinemas and we'll want to go see it again so you mean I, more recent films <clears throat> yeah mm. you think we'll probably like say you know Inside Out's like 25 years old oh, oh it's going to come back up in theaters again it's like you know oh yeah let's I go. mean this is it's Disney I mean they've pretty much been doing that since forever they've yeah, done that with Pinocchio right they've done that with Fantasia they've done that with Little Mermaid they've done that with The Lion King they've done that with Beauty and the Beast I mean I think that if Inside Out becomes like a major staple in Disney movies then probably I would say so I mean that's the thing yeah. before before like a you know, there were videotapes before that. They've been putting, like, uh, you know, they've been putting films back in theaters uh, after, like, maybe 10, 15 years or, or so, well, maybe longer than that. Uh, that's They've been doing the same thing back then, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't know if, like, uh, this is the thing. I always, like, say, oh, yeah, this is going to be coming out or not. But I never, like, pay any attention to, like, you know, how much money it's making or, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, you, know, uh, you know, people are, like, really taking to it or not. So it's... Uh, yeah, this is an interest. I mean, they must be working because obviously they're still doing it. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's uh, somewhat intriguing about uh, you know seeing seeing it again. And uh, I wonder if they'll do the same thing with Wayne's World too. It's like uh... no, I don't think so. Wayne's <laughs> World two just wasn't as good as the first one. No, it wasn't. But uh... oh, there were two movies. Sequels usually aren't as good as the first one. Yeah, no. very rarely they are, but most of them not really. Yeah, yeah. Re- and so are remakes. Yeah, and. I mean, unless Beauty and the Beast really does surprise me, but that's just uh, that's just it. There are a few remakes that are good. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Sequels. Well, anyway, well, the Harry Potter sequels are good. Yeah, I mean, the Harry Potter sequels are good, but that's just different. They're all based on a series of books. Mm-hmm. And and that's just you know, it's just uh, <clears throat> when you read, it's just uh, you know, it's like saying the book is better than the movie. Yeah. The book is usually always better than the movie. Very, it depends very, on various um, instances in which maybe they're able to take some things from the book and make it better, like more explanation or maybe additional characters or additional plot lines. But, um, yeah, I mean, I haven't heard of a book in a while that has really done that. Well, I don't know if you've seen this uh, a TV series, a series of unfortunate events on Netflix. I have Anyone? been hearing a lot about it, uh, mostly because... Um, I have a side podcast called Nickelodeon Slimecast Podcast, and we uh, every summer for the past three years, we've been the admins and I. We've been doing a series of uh, podcasts uh, called Nick's Missile, which is about canceled or rejected Nickelodeon projects or spinoff series. And one of them yeah. were about the series of unfortunate events sequels that never came out because right. the first movie was met with mixed reviews and was... they were going to plan on doing a sequel on them because of the other books and uh, you know kind of like trying to cap on the popularity of like lord of the rings and harry potter and chronicles of narnia but paramount and nickelodeon movies never found that niche so um it's yeah, and also the series... there were go ahead yeah, the, 
the TV series, it follows the book more, you know, more profusely than the movie actually did. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've heard it, that. Yeah, I mean, there are some differences along that, yeah, but it's still, it actually gives a lot of good t- detail there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was yeah say, and a lot like, of people can ar- even argue about The Walking Dead, in which it's, like, completely different from the graphic novel. Yet a lot of people love watching the TV series. Hmm. True. I was going to say because um, <clears throat> I don't, I don't, I tell you, what, I don't know why I just got this in my head. I just got, a, I just thought, sometimes, you know, when we were talking about Harry Potter, I just thought, oh, so, wait, what if they did a crossover between Wayne's World and Harry Potter? So I guess, <laughs> I guess. No. Oh my god! It's like, I mean, you're, it's like you're take place in the '90s, so I mean, it makes <laughs> yes, a lot of sense. <laughs> it's like you're, it's like you're a wizard, Harry. It's like yeah, and monkeys will come out of my butt. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, so let's move on. Um, it's pronounced yaw, not yaw. <laughs> yaw. Alright. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, Nintendo uh, is signaling the end of life of the uh, the Nintendo Wii U games console. When did its life begin? It's like it's I, don't, I, don't know. <laughs> I know. I I don't even play it. Okay. I I I think I remember my brother owning that once, but. That slowly drifted away. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's literally no point to the Wii U. They already have the Nintendo 3DS. I mean, unless there's like a game that's exclusively for Wii U that's in high demand, then nobody gives shit about the Wii U. Yeah, the only reason I bought a Wii U is because there was a Star Fox game on it, and also Mario Kart 8. And uh, that was that was pretty much it. It's been the most depressing, disappointing Nintendo console I've ever owned in my life. And uh, you're talking to somebody who almost bought the Virtual Boy. It's like you know, it's uh, I'm just uh, I'm really you know. Actually, tell you what, would we even say that the Wii U is even worse than the Virtual Boy? Because it's like you know, at least, well, at the, least vir- the Virtual, at least the Wii U didn't cause headaches and seizures and almost. You know, it it actually physically hurt you. I mean, it hurt you inside, sure, but it didn't physically hurt you. I mean, yeah, but that's because it, it instructs that. you to not to, to, take, to take breaks during uh, gameplay. So it's like I don't think I don't think we even got the chance to actually get headaches from it or not. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that we were expecting something from the Wii U. It's You have a brand new console. The Wii was a massive influence. I mean, like it or not, for all the hardcore gamers, and saying like, oh, it just basically indicates to Nintendo that the casual audience is what they're focusing on. What about us? What about us old school people? It's like, okay. I mean, sure, you can argue about that, but at least you can say that it brought gaming into a bigger, massive following. Now, when you have something like that being like one of the biggest consoles ever and selling a whole bunch of games that people play in parties and in nursing homes and you expect something huge, more groundbreaking. And instead, you just have the same gimmick except with a tablet as a controller and very, very few games. Yeah, like, I think it, it's, it's also on top of like... that as well. It's like the 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 one thing that um, has worried me about Nintendo over the years is the fact that uh, I mean, let's go let's go all the way back to like the eighties. It's like you know, what game console would you have probably owned in the eighties? It would either have been a uh, a Sega Master Donkey System Kong? or uh, a Nintendo or a Nintendo Entertainment System. Then go to the nineties. What game console would you have most likely owned in the nineties? It would either have been a Super Nintendo or a Sega Ma- a Sega Mega Drive. 
or a Sega Genesis. Then you go to the next generation, and what's the console you might uh, might likely own? It's either going to be a Sega Saturn, a Nintendo 64, or a PlayStation. And then as we go further on, you know, you're more likely to either own a uh, Nintendo GameCube, a Xbox, or a PlayStation PlayStation 2. And uh, then, but now we've come to the point where, you know, now you'll probably either own uh, an Xbox One or a PS4. And then, or but a then, PC. And, uh, or a PC, yeah. And but the the, the, the Ninten- but here's the thing: the Nintendo now, and you can even see this in stores. The Nintendo is sort of kind of an afterthought at the moment, and the Wii U is even more uh, demonstration of that. It's because you know the uh, it's um, it is kind of worrying where Nintendo is at the moment. And I, this is the thing: the Nintendo Switch. I mean, I can understand some of the criticisms that's coming out with here, but uh, if you look at all the uh, the stops that uh, Nintendo is making in order to try and reach to, out to uh, people in the in the market, it's the mobile market, it's uh, people not only being sat in front of the TV, you know, doing stuff, they're going to need to be away from the TV when they uh, play, they can't, where play their console, and uh, I think, um, you know, Nintendo right now are in a situation where they're trying their best to kind of reach out to people again. And, uh, you know, I think the Nintendo Wii U, I think, has been a very big knock for them, I think, in regards to a game console. I mean, obviously, there's the 3DS. I mean, I I get that. But um, the Nintendo Wii U, I think, has uh, been a very sad failure, I think, for for Nintendo. And uh, I really hope that when the Switch comes out, that's going to rectify... Um, the issue to the point where at least where they not only will they think of owning an Xbox One or a PS4 or maybe even both they'll th- also think about getting a Nintendo Switch as well because it's something they can take with them so uh, yeah yeah I guess this was like Nintendo thinking that oh because the Wii did so successful let's see if we can try to catch lightning in a bottle twice and they seem to have so we'll make a that... giant DS yeah yeah exactly a giant DS but, I mean, they seem to have forgotten that, yes, they were able to capture a new audience as well as families who considered gaming back then to be nothing more than a waste of time and completely violent. It's like, let's try to see if we can do it again. And, I mean, it didn't work because, well, I mean, there was much little third-party support compared to the Wii, and that's saying something. And not to mention that um, there was the gimmicks. I mean, a lot of people criticize Star Fox Zero, a game that they have been waiting for for a very long time, the huge return of Star Fox. And the major complaint on it were the controls. The Wii U moving around and, you know, just the whole gimmick was really, really frustrating to a lot of gamers. It felt like and, a chore. It just, you held it in your hand and it did feel like a chore. It, did, it didn't feel like, you know, you wanted to keep going through the game. On top of that, the storyline for this game was not interesting. It's like, you know, it was basically just rehashing where, where it pretty much just rehashed where we were, you know, uh, after, uh, you know, it's pretty much a retelling of somewhat of Star Fox 64. And it's like, uh, you know, with at least with um, um, uh, Star Fox Adventures, and at least with Star Fox Assault, there was some kind of, like, story you can, like, follow along with. With, uh, with this, it's, uh, and also Star Fox Command had, like, s- several storylines, but um, with this, it just felt like, well, I feel like we've been on this adventure before, and now it just feels a bit harder to control that adventure. And so, I yeah, think, I mean, you know, Yeah, I mean, at least yeah. with Mega Man 9, yes, it was a throwback to the classic Mega Man series, but they didn't rehash Mega Man 2. They just took the elements of what made Mega Man 2 work, like the running and the gunning and the the soundtrack and the um, power-ups and the story and stuff like that, and they were able to do something new with it. 
And same thing with Punch-Out! It's like, yes, it is a complete reboot of the original Punch-Out! for the NES. But they were able to do some different things to it. Better graphics, voice acting, uh, new quirks with the gameplay, uh, a, a character or two that is brand new, a whole bunch of things. So... I mean, you know, Star Fox Zero was basically no excuse of how it turned out to be that way. I mean, we already had a remake of Star Fox 64 on the 3DS. It's like Nintendo's just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. So, let me put this all into context for everybody. I've got a list here of all the um, the, the consoles that uh, um, Nintendo have sold over the years. So let's start with the Nintendo DS. How many did it sell? It sold 154 million uh, consoles. The Game Boy sold 119 million. Uh, the Wii sold 102 million. Uh, the Game Boy Advance sold 82 million. The NES sold 62 million. The 3DS sold 62 million. The Super Nintendo sold 49 million. Uh, the Nintendo 64 sold 33 million. And the GameCube sold tw- 22 million. The Nintendo Wii U, in, from 2012 to now, has only sold 13 million consoles. Wow. Wow, that, that's wow. just. That's that is not, sad. That but, is sad. Um, they they failed miserably on that part. I I, I'm, I I feel I feel bad for saying that, but they failed miserably for that. And Xbox One yeah, and PS4 I mean, are flying was off the shelves for the longest time. That the Nintendo GameCube was like the worst console ever released for Nintendo. And I, I guess love look, the Nintendo GameCube. Yeah, I love the GameCube. I'm not like have... now. I'm talking like back then. Back then, you know, when we had, like, the Xbox and the PlayStation 2, everybody was saying, like, oh, the GameCube. It's like, oh, just nothing. But nowadays, everybody seems to appreciate the GameCube because it was able to give us some great games. It was able to expand the, you know, everything, like Luigi's Mansion, Mario Kart Double Dash, Super Smash Bros. Melee, all that stuff. Eternal Darkness. Yes, Eternal Darkness, Beautiful Joe, Resident Evil 4. It was able to give us third-party gameplay and... Their first party lineup was great. But here with the Wii U, I mean, sure, we had Splatoon. We had Super Mario 3D World. We had Legend of Zelda, all the remakes and stuff like that. And, um, you know, all those games. Uh, You know, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze and Mario Kart 8 and Super Smash Brothers. And, you know, we only had like a handful of like original games. And that was pretty much it. And a lot of those games are going to be ported into the Switch anyway. Yeah. I just think, um, you know, the the other thing that uh, Nintendo was banking on as well was its virtual console. It was banking on the fact that, hey, here's all these old games that you may never have played before. But for people like myself who have, like, owned a Nintendo since, you know, uh, since the 90s, you know, it's like... um, it's uh, for me. It's nothing special. It's like you know, if I want to go play Super Mario World, I'll turn on my Super Nintendo. If I want to go play uh, uh, Mario Kart 64, I'll turn on my uh, my Nintendo 64. You know, it's uh, that's the. Um, I think that's what uh, uh, Nintendo tried to bank on a bit. I think, and I don't think it worked in their favor because they surely they must have known that the, some of the games that they were they were they were re-releasing had already had a, a fan base before that. And uh, you know where they can just you know um, go back to the, the the old console and just play it again. It's like you know it's nothing special when they just re-release it again with not much not much change. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Um, the um, this is some really weird Nickelodeon news that I've got here. It's uh, coming from iTech Post. Um, 
Nintendo wanted to build a underwater theme park, from what I gather, in the Philippines. And uh, they have been told now by the uh, Department of Environmental and uh, Natural Resources uh, that uh, they will not be allowed to take part. Be able, they will not be allowed to uh, pursue with the project. Uh, the agency's rejection comes after the news spread uh, that the rumor mills and uh, drew flack among environmentalists and also uh, local uh, people as well, where the uh, proposed site was going to be built for it. And uh, I don't know. It's like you know, for Nickelodeon. I mean, would anyone really be that desperate to go see an underwater theme park in the Philippines? Well, I'll and see. it's funny because there have been a lot of Nickelodeon attractions opening up in other locations lately. Like a few years ago, there was the Krusty Krab. In oh, hello. Nickelodeon Resort over in China. So, um. Yeah, I, I guess they want to be able to expand into more um, countries, but an underwater theme park is very odd. I, I mean, mean, like completely underwater. And what, like, there's not really a lot of a lot of underwater TV shows on Nickelodeon other than just SpongeBob. And like, yeah, what are they gonna, like, what are they going to do? Show a square ye yellow sponge and a Krusty Krab costume? Or I don't know. Yeah, but there's also Squidworth and Mr. Krabs and uh, various other side characters, which uh, you know, um, and also the, uh -oh. uh, the 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 squirrel that's voiced by the same uh, person who plays uh, uh, that girl in Resident Evil Four. It's like you know, it's uh, uh, Sandy. You know, I'm making fun, but uh, you know, it's uh, I don't know. It's like I could see this being quite dangerous if they did build it because it's like imagine if like I don't know. I, I know it sounds really stupid, but imagine if there was like a fire like in that underwater park and how are people going to get out it's like you know i probably well, imagine that 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 site would be so complex to like you know so there'd have to be like you know ways of like trying to get people out in a hurry or something like that i don't know i could just see i i could just see that being so accident prone if they did that you know I, i'm only just visualizing in my mind what it would look like because you would have to have like an the entrance and the exit would all have to be on the would have to be on the surface of the uh of the park and then there would have to be a way of going down and like mm -hmm. uh, but and if, some, yeah. if there was an emergency i'm sure because i'm sure it's going to be very difficult to get people to go back up again you know at least quickly because then you'd have to either like climb stairs and let's keep this in mind you you do not in any circumstances use a lift or an elevator to get people out of an emergency situation in a building so like you know yeah it's, uh, yeah. yeah so to me it sounds like a i don't know it's like to me it sounds a bit dangerous I don't know. So, is there any other underwater theme parks that we know about which do get away with this? I'm not sure, but I don't know. And uh, what if it becomes like a next jaw movie? Like if there's a great white shark that just, you know, comes up to the glass and just breaks it. Like what can? Uh, if it takes place in an ocean. Aren't you, you know, thinking Free Willy there? <laughs> it's like isn't Free Willy what? the one who damaged his own tank and? Uh, yeah. Wait, what? Isn't it? I only th talk about Free Willy there a, a little bit, but. Maybe not. Oh, I'm not. That, that, I'm talking about sharks, though, not like about whales. But, oh, okay but, then. Yeah, oh, sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I just think um, I don't know. Why not just build a normal everyday theme park that isn't going to anger local people and destroy the environment? Yeah, seriously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's just yeah. Okay. Um, not really much to say about that. Um, the regular show uh, that's on Cartoon Network, uh, that's going through its season finale. I believe actually it's already, I think already aired by now. 
Um, tears were shed on both on screen and in the audience as the credits rolled for the last ever episodes of the Cartoon Network's uh, regular show. Uh, the animated series uh, about a Blue Jay and uh, Mordecai uh, and a raccoon named Rigby, uh, who works as a groundskeeper on the local park, uh, premiered on the uh, network in 2010 and uh, came close to a special screening of a few episodes uh, Thursday night at the AMC Burbank uh, 16th Theatre. So, uh, fans packed out uh, for the laughter and cried uh, the hero's final adventure. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was um, seemed like a pretty pretty fun time. I've got to be honest with everybody, but uh, I've never really seen regular show. I've probably like, seen like one or two episodes, yeah. and uh, yeah. it is it does look like a fun show, but I think it's like really past my time. So, uh, but you know, I, I can really feel for fans. You know, when you know, as as we all we've all been through this. You know, where you know a show's been going for like you know so many hundred episodes, and uh, now you know the curtain's coming down, and uh, you know this is going to be. You know, without the unless you know we focus on the reruns, that's going to be the last time we're going to see it. So it's uh, yeah, I sympathise with regular show fans at the moment. I just, I just, uh, it kind of reminds me a bit of Adventure Time. You know, the the animation and all that. And it turns out, I think they're you know, I think the same animators for Adventure Time is uh, you know part of the regular show. Yeah, yeah, and the because... Adventure Time is ending too. Mm. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, they... I think it's ending when, like next year. It's ending after season nine, apparently. Okay, gotcha. Well, yeah, and ending wow. after season nine—that's uh, that's not a bad way to go out, I don't think. Uh, to be honest, uh, because you know, it's like we've seen shows like what, 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 what? It was has everyone? I've lost count on what season we're in the in the Simpsons at the moment. Are we liking like twenty something or other yet, or uh, are we? Yeah, past we that? are. Yeah. Yeah. How many just... episodes are there? Like a thousand. Yeah. Yeah, over a thousand at this point. Yeah. I know. It's like. Wow. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, I think it's, I think with, uh, I know it's very sad to see shows go away. It's like, you know, I'm sure we're all very sad when Avatar The Last Airbender finally came to an end. But the ending was so, um, um, was so um, good. You know, so it was so. Um, I think it felt so good that when when it ended, you know, like finally, you know, have a, you know, Ang defeats the Fire Lord. You know, spoilers, but uh, it's uh, and also the uh, you know the way it all came together. It was uh, it was a really good feeling the way that 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 series ended, and so I think you know I think if it ends on a good note, then great. And uh, so I just uh, I feel bad for those uh, who you know whose shows you know were just abruptly cancelled and uh, they never really got to see like uh, you know a. Uh, uh, a proper ending or you know figure out you know tie some uh, some uh, strings together so uh, i mean if you remember uh, obviously hey arnold's a big glaring example of that and uh, though that's going to be all resolved in november but there's also like uh, cartoon shows like uh, sonic uh, saturday Sa- sonic satam uh, the uh, the saturday morning sonic the hedgehog cartoon and uh, so we never got to see what the uh, the those glowing eyeballs were in the back uh, that uh, schnively was uh, talk- talking about and so, uh, yeah, there's uh, there's various, um, <clears throat> you know, this, this it's very good to hear that, you know, cartoon shows now are ending on a good note, whether it's, you know, we've in the past, we just basically had, you know, cartoon shows that have gone on, like, you know, and half a season later, it's gone. It's like, you know, it's, uh, yeah, so. Uh, yeah, I- I'm still waiting for the last pieces of um, the treasure from Pirates of the Dark Water to be revealed. Hmm. What's What's that show about? <laughs> oh, you've, <laughs> you've never heard of it? I've never show? heard of it. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Well, Pirates of the Dark Water was like one of the last shows created by Hanna-Barbera during the 90s. It was about a guy named Ren, and he and his group of friends who are pirates are exploring around the Dark Water, which is basically like this tar-like goop 
that and they have to find the 13 treasures so they can be able to get rid of the dark water and make the world peaceful again and then there's this evil pirate who's played by tim curry and he's trying to defeat them and um you know ren mm. is basically um he's gifted with this broken sword and he's like given clues as to where the treasures are but unfortunately mm. they were only able to get like i think like six out of the 13 treasures because well the show didn't get enough views and so it was pretty much canceled Mm. I mean, like, I'm surprised that Scooby-Doo is still running. Like, well, to be fair, yeah. I mean, Scooby-Doo did have, you know, go has gone through, like, a hiatus over the past couple of years, and then it picked yeah. up itself again. So it's able to mix itself around. But, I mean, we had mm -hmm. to wait, like, over 20 years for, like, SWATCast to even have a chance to come back in some way. And that was due to a Kickstarter. Mm. Okay. Makes sense. And, yeah, and, you know, and going into what... um. Arun said about uh, Hey Arnold. I mean, same thing for Samurai Jack. Uh, a few years ago, my friend and colleague Kevin and I, we talked to Fred Seibert uh, from Frederator Studios, and we were asking him about, you know, when's the Samurai Jack movie going to come out? Because that was supposed to be, like, the concluding story of when, you know, Jack was going to fight Aku for the last time. And he said it's been in developmental hell for many years. We just can't seem to get enough... Um, of an advertising buzz for anybody to be interested in watching a 2D movie again. And plus, you know, this was when Gendy Tartakovsky was busy with his other projects. So, I mean, we had to wait a long time for us to finally get the, you know, miniseries on Adult Swim. Yeah. This, you know, the idea of, like, people's perception of 2D films confuses me. Because it's like, you know, they'll happily go out and see, like, an anime called, you know, like, Your Name or something like that. But uh, give them, like, a traditional 2D cartoon in a movie and it's like, nah. It's like, you know... Uh... I mean, here's the thing, Arun. I mean, in Japan and in Europe, they consider, you know, cartoons or anything animated to be, like, a form of art. A different way of media. However, in America, unfortunately, it's seen as kid stuff. So yeah. they're going to treat it like kid stuff. Um, let's have a look. Um, moving on, um, it's um, we got Pixar, who's uh, done an Easter egg video, and uh, it's basically, but it's, it's the one where they what they do is they um, show uh, a particular part of a film. So like they'll start with Toy Story, and then they'll like keep uh, you know they'll focus on one part of it, and then show it in another part of the film as another Easter egg, and they kind of like link all the the uh, the movies together, and they all go full circle. But uh, I mean, I do remember that they did the. Um, yeah. What was it? Did Pixar that did officially the uh, the uh, the the theory that ties all the Pixar films together, and so uh, I mean maybe this is just another way that they're tying them all together through the Easter eggs. But I thought they'd already like kind of done like this all, already. Like, are you talking about all the inanimate, the inanimate objects that were found in other movies that kind of related to, well, other movies? It's like they're the movies are all in the same universe somewhat. Yeah. It kind of, because they're all because they have the same inanimate objects. Like lots of the bear was uh, actually could be found in the movie Up, or uh, Jesse the doll from Toy Story could be uh, Lotso and Jesse. They're in, they're both in Toy Story. They, she could be found in uh, Boo's room in the Monsters Inc. Is that like is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, it's uh, so like um, yeah. So you'd see, um, um, you know, they show a shot of like Sully from like Monsters Inc. And then you know, obviously they show like a, a, a drawing that uh, the witch has in like the in the movie Brave. And like so, it's like they kind of just link them all together. I think that's you know, I think I had noticed some of that when I was a kid, like especially Jesse. It from when I was watching Monsters Inc. I even I saw I thought 
that pretty su- quite surprising that they had a connection there. Yeah. Yeah, and Disney's always done this. They've always put in little Easter eggs in a lot of their movies. I mean, even looking back mm-hmm. at like 101 Dalmatians and Lady and the Tramp and um, Beauty and the Beast and Pinocchio and all those things. I mean, they've always had like little Easter eggs in every single movie and only the biggest Disney mm-hmm. nut will be able to find them all. Yeah. yeah. Like, like for example, it- if you watch Beauty and the Beast and you see in the very first opening shot with all the deer, one of the deers is Bambi's mother. <gasps> if you... Yeah, no. <laughs> it's true. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Woo. Okay, wow. here's another one. Um, Disney hates mothers. They really do, <laughs> don't, don't they? As long, unless, unless you don't find subliminal messages in these in these Easter eggs. I'm sorry, I had to put uh, that there. Okay. Oh, if I can think of another example, so uh, in I think it was in uh, 101 Dalmatians. Uh, when you see like the group of dogs when they're all barking. Uh, there's two dogs in there, and they're both Lady and the Tramp. Ooh. And, uh, let's see if I can think of another one. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, in Hunchback of Notre Dame, when the Festival of Fools is starting, and you see a whole bunch of people walking around, uh, one of them is Belle. Oh, yeah. Oh. So, I, 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 do, I do remember that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it takes place in France. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, the link okay. between... Also, there's another link between uh, Beauty and the Beast and The Hunchback of Notre Dame as well. And I think I probably mentioned this before, is that, uh, uh, you know, because uh, the prince is currently the beast, so uh, that's why it gives... Uh, um, um, it's Frodo, isn't it? Um, the, yeah. That's what gives him the power in, in France to kind of do whatever he wants because there's no, like, uh, prince to kind of, like, you know, uh, shadow what he's doing. So uh, there's mm. a, the fact that he's now, you know, hiding in the, in the, in the palace as the beast is what gives uh, Frodo the ability to do whatever he, whatever he wants. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's pretty much... They've, they've been doing a lot of Easter eggs, so I'm not surprised that Pixar would be doing the same as well, kind of like uh, making it in, like in, in which the Pixar world is this one big giant universe. Yeah. I don't Because yeah, it, it, it's, it's like uh, also... and I don't know if anyone's seen actually the uh, read the, uh, the the Pixar theory of how all, the, how all the movies and where they all take place and where they all are and stuff. It's... Uh, yeah, it's just I just don't Disney just don't decide, you know, okay, then what we're going to do is we're going to somehow morph the Pixar world and the Disney world together. It's like not to say they haven't mm. already done that with the, you know, Disney I mean, world. Pixar but... is owned by Disney though. Yeah, I know. I, I guess yeah. I guess that would make sense. You know, it, it would make total sense if they would hide easter eggs in the Pixar films as well. Mm. So, I think that's, you know, I think that's where they got the idea, maybe from Disney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then all the Marvel characters get involved is like, "Oh my god, Disney's going to be a mess." Is, <laughs> it, yeah, it's going to be like uh, somewhere down the line we're going to have like Iron Man fighting like the you know the the uh, the, the evil queen from Snow White and uh, it's just it's uh, yeah and maybe uh, maybe maybe Princess Leia having a lightsaber battle with uh, Maleficent or something like that. that actually, that's... if Walt Disney were alive today, he would have been a trillionaire. <laughs> he would be. Uh, he would own the whole world right now. Well, just I mean, owning all these companies. <laughs> if that rumor, you know, it's like, do you all hear about that rumor of uh, Walt Disney being cryogenically frozen in the in the? It's ho- crap. <laughs> that is so crap. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke. I mean, Dick Van Dyke said, "No, that's not possible. That's ridiculous." He never talked about getting his body frozen. Who? Yeah. I mean, who in their right and mind the- would believe something like that? Well, and besides, <laughs> like. When he died, anyway, it wasn't like they had the means to do it in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows that Disney eventually, when he died, his body was turned into ashes and it was scattered. 
Yeah. So it was the complete opposite. Yeah. I, mean, I don't that, know. He's like, it's, it's just because. That's um, most likely the truth. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. I mean, I'm not saying I, I, I know that is. I'm not saying it's fact. You know, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that he is cryogenically frozen. But uh, you know, I don't know. Disney being, you know, uh, quite a quite a strange character in a way. I wouldn't put it past him to think, you know, oh, well, what if I could, you know, put myself in a situation where one day I could potentially come back. It's like it's uh, it's a kind of. Uh, yeah, maybe that's a creepy pastor in itself, but uh, yeah, going going back full circle. Yeah, we are. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is a full circle. That we're just going from one side of the episode to the other, but uh, yeah, I I do believe that you know Walt Disney's actually you know his uh, his ashes have been scattered around. He's he's in a uh, it's in, like he's got like a little garden for him, I believe. And, I think so. Uh, yeah, they yeah. do, and there's a little bench for it as well, and like you can see like a little memorial stone and that, and so it's a very peaceful looking place as well. So it's. Uh, yeah. yeah, Disney's always peaceful. Mm. Like, actually, my 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 dad and uh, stepmom are at Disney World with their with their kids right now. So that kind of wow, we're cool. Oh, cool. We're talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence! Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's uh, I've seen Disney kind of tie their movies together, you know, previously. So where this Pixar Easter egg tie-in, you know, that they're doing with this video, I think. Uh, yeah, I think that just kind of like uh, just kind of reinforces what they were already doing before. So uh, yeah. We'll finish off with a bit of technology news. Um, Google uh, may be favoring its own search ads over competitors. So Alphabet Google has been pushing its own advertisements on its website uh, over its own uh, with its own products over uh, uh, other products on there. Which you know, it's like, why is that a complaint? It's like you know, it's uh, it's kind of like me going up to saying, you know, I wanted to uh, do some video game research, and I noticed when I go on the Nintendo website, they always seem to push their own products over other people's. It's like water is wet. What the heck? I, I, I don't know. I don't see the problem with it either. I'm like, it's just uh, when I, you know, when I read the source, Google may be favoring its own search ads over competitors. I'm like, um, okay, not surprised. Not, that's not. I'm not surprised here. If that bothers people so much, there's Yahoo and then there's Bing. Like there are different like, search engines. If it really bothers people that much, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Time is changing. More, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's as well. It's like, you know, it's like uh, Microsoft makes such a big deal of Bing. It's like, you know, it's like, does anyone actually search on Bing? No. I don't. No. I don't. Because, because we're Bing, content though. creators, I mean, and, you know, we, we do a lot of our stuff on YouTube. I mean, we're pretty much attached to Google. Yeah. It's sort of kind yeah. of scary. How I mean, I mean, I'm not attached to Google in a way because uh, I'm either like on Facebook or I'm either on Twitter or uh, you know, and uh, my this show is hosted on uh, on a on a on a on liberated syndication. But uh, you know, so in a way, we're I'm kind of not tied to Google. And if you notice my uh, YouTube channel, it's basically dormant. It doesn't do anything. So, uh, but um, I don't know. It's just. Um, I mean, it's like it is kind of scary in a way that Google seems to be taking over quite a lot of the uh, the internet medium, if you will. So it's like you know, if you want to go watch uh, the Angry Video Game Nerd, you know, you go to you go to YouTube, and if you want to go to watch the Nostalgia Critic, you know, before you'd go onto uh, Blip, but now you have to go to YouTube to go find him again. And uh, I know he's on. Uh, oh, what's that thing where um, um, I completely forgotten the name of it now? They, you pay like uh, three dollars a a month or something like that, and you get to watch uh, videos early. Um, there was a website that was doing that, and uh, I don't know. It's just um, it's kind of uh, it is kind of unnerving a little bit that you know this this company seems to be getting so large that uh, you know, and not to say that other companies aren't doing the same thing as other. There's uh, that uh, Time Warner AT and T merger, I believe, as well. It's like you know, it's uh, 
Yeah, it's just it's uh I don't know. It's a bit it's, it feels a bit yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy that we've come a long way when it, when it comes to, like, doing research online. Like, 10 years ago, when I was in college, my main place to search for things on the web was Ask Jeeves. Oh, I remember Jeeves. I remember yeah. Jeeves. Yeah. Jeeves was cool. So, like, you know, they had a, they had a you know, who wouldn't want to have a bottler, you know, where to uh, tell them what stuff's going on? It's like, you know, it's yeah, like... Yeah, and, uh, and then when Google became, like, more efficient with doing my research for my papers, it's like I'd pretty much forgotten about Jeeves. And, you know, when the internet was coming along, there was, like, AOL search, then Yahoo, then I was doing Ask Jeeves, and then I was eventually just switched over to Google. Yeah, no one misses AOL. I think uh, I, I, <laughs> I safely say this. Like, sticking that, st sticking that CD in your PC... Was pretty much you. You uh, you might as well just uh, take in your PC and throw it out the window. It's like you know, I, I would never have. Uh, yeah, I, I, and I, let me safely say this: I was an AOL customer, so it's like you know, I know how bad that 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 service was. So and uh, the, the 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 moment I ran away from that company, I was so happy. But uh, so um, yeah, so I mean, like if you don't like Google pushing its advertisements at you don't go to google go find something it's not else. that hard no it's not so uh, there's plenty of other search engines out there yeah she something else like you know with jeeves it's like imagine if uh i would actually like jeeves to actually have been a proper um you know like a proper assistant you know like you have like uh, siri on on an apple and you have like uh you know the the google assistant on uh, on your on the android phones like imagine if jeeves was like your uh was your assistant on your phone or, that would have been kind of cool. Yeah, it's like you know, I prefer him over Cortana. You know, <laughs> so that, I, I safely say that, and uh, I like Cortana as a Halo character. So it's like you know, the idea of her being on a my Windows 10 PC right now is actually kind of is kind of cool. But uh, I don't know. It's like I think there would be those days where it's like you know, I want to ask Jeeves something. So, uh, hmm. yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much the show, I guess. Um, yeah, I had a lot of ranting, a lot of uh, yeah. It was a bit more uh, in-depth than I thought it was going to be, you know, I think. Uh, yeah, so, uh, but, so, yeah, so this is the first episode back, and uh, somewhat of officially, and uh, and for those of wondering, you know, why was there no, like, flashy intro or anything like that, I'm still doing all that stuff at the moment. I'm uh, still doing, like, loads of production. We're basically in the production month at the moment, so I think maybe once we get deeper into February, I think we'll be burning on all cylinders at the moment, but right now... It's kind of more just you know uh, get it, finding my feet again after you know spending months uh, off the off the microphone and that and uh, it's nice to uh, well one thing I will say about it is uh, and to, I say this uh, meaning, meaningfully to you guys I'm really glad to be surrounded by friends you know so uh, while doing this show because I, I do this you know we're ten years now into this show and I used to do this solo uh, quite a lot of the time and uh, it's nice to have you Josh and Patricia and Majaya and uh, Harry if he was here so it's uh, it's it's really cool to do this so. Thank you. It's it's nice being here. It's nice being back. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, uh, well, um, uh, guys, pleasure as always. I'll wrap up the show, and uh, yeah, I'll see you guys uh, hopefully maybe next week, or maybe if not, then uh, hopefully we'll do something in the future. So. Sure. Cool. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah.
This has been the Aaron Meta Show. If you want to visit the Facebook page, it's facebook.com forward slash Aaron Meta Show. If you want to visit on Twitter, it's twitter.com forward slash Aaron Meta Show. Uh, if you uh, want to check out, I mean, if you do want to check me out on YouTube, but it's basically just got Hey Arnold clips on it, that's pretty much it. And you can already listen to it already on uh, iTunes and, uh, you know, all, all the other places where you can listen to podcasts. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash Aaron Meta Show. It doesn't do much. You know, you'll you'll know, you'll know it when you find it. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, anyway, I'm thinking of doing some more, I'm hoping to get to do some more Let's Plays. You know, I, mean, I know people are bugging me about uh, Jimmy Neutron and uh, want me to play Jimmy Neutron game. I'm still looking to see where I can get one from. So if you can suggest to me where I can play a Jimmy Neutron game, then, you know, go ahead and uh, tell me and uh, I'll, I'll do it. And also, uh, when on the live cast I did with uh, Patricia as well, I, I was made aware of uh, Nicktoons Racing. And so if I can get hold of that somehow, I'll, uh, in some way, shape or form, I'll... Uh, let you guys know about it, but anyway, this has been the Aaron Meta Show, uh, I look forward to hearing from you next week, and hope you'll look forward to hearing me from next week as well, and hopefully we'll have uh, uh, more of the graphics up, hopefully we'll have um, some uh, some intro, and we'll have some more uh, you know sounds as well, so uh, I'm still working on all that at the moment, so uh, anyway uh, thank you very much for listening to the show, and I will see you all next week, take care and bye bye for now <laughs>